Hello, you are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Isometry by Syntax 6 on Omniscribe. Rating Explicit. Chapter 16. Her cell phone rang as she was driving to work, and she pulled it out with one hand. Mulder, she figured, calling to leave her some final marching orders before he left for the mountains. She envisioned him as the proud fisherman, holding the rubbery gray body up by its feet for photos, finally able to let go of all the stories about the one that got away. Hello, she said, as she glided the car to a halt at a stoplight. Dana, hi, it's Mom. Scully leaned her head against the seat and closed her eyes. She had forgotten to call and apologize to her mother for leaving the dinner party early. After her meeting with Mulder and Arlinsky, she returned home and slept like the dead. Hi, Mom. Sorry I didn't call you back last night. It's okay. I assumed your meeting ran late. Is everything okay now? She knew better than to relay details of Mulder's latest alien emergency. Yes, everything. It's fine. Good. I was calling about Friday. Is Fox taking the day off from work, or do you need me to come and pick you up? I'm happy to do it. Mulder had not asked about the treatment, and she had not volunteered any information. If she asked him to stay, he might resent her for it later. Her heart squeezed. If she'd asked him to stay, he might have refused. The alien versus partner coin toss was not the one she was sure she would win. A car honked behind her. Scully moved forward through the intersection as her mother's worried voice carried through the line. Dana, are you there? No, I'm here. Uh, yeah. If you could pick me up on Friday, that'd be great. I have to be there by nine. Mulder has to work then? Better to bite the bullet now than have her mother wondering all day tomorrow when Mulder might show up. He's out of town, Mom. He'll be back Saturday or Sunday. Oh. Her mother could infuse years of disapproval into one small syllable. It's not like that, Scully said. He doesn't know. I didn't even tell him I was going to be in the hospital again. For heaven's sake, why not? She thought of Mulder's face when he'd seen the pictures of the alien body. Scully, he said, this could mean everything. He'll be back in three days, she told her mother. Three days hardly matter, and I can talk with him then. I'll see you Friday morning, okay? Already she was late to meet Dr. Villiano at the American University Paleoclimatology Lab. If Mulder had indeed won the alien jackpot, it would be up to her to punch his ticket and verify his prize. Mulder hadn't called. She wasn't sure if that was because he was still on a mountain somewhere, away from the nearest cell tower, or if it was because the body was a fake and he was off nursing his latest disappointment. When she did see him again, she was prepared to offer an apology. Hoax or no, his instincts were right again. Whatever secrets were up in that mountain grave, someone was ready to steal and possibly kill to protect them. But he hadn't called, and she wasn't on the mountain. So she started her search back in the stairway where she was attacked. The lab boys collected a metric ton of fingerprints, and soon she had a name to go with the weasel face she saw when she closed her eyes. Michael Critchgow, government employee, Pentagon Research Division. Hardly even a surprise, she thought. 
They'd been knocking her down the stairs for years, one way or another. This was just the first time she'd had a chance to hold someone accountable. Thanks, she told the lab tech, who gave her the information. Scully drove to the Pentagon and waited. Kritschgau showed his face near the end of the day, looking like any other government schmo, on his way home from work. Scully wondered if he'd been brazen or stupid to leave his fingerprints behind. Either way, he was about to receive his reckoning. Kritschgau walked towards the parking garage, and Scully started her engine to follow him inside. The roar of her speeding car made Kritschgau stop and turn around. Scully did not slow down. He wobbled left and right, trying to decide on a move but she had him cornered against the wall. Her tires screeched as she halted inches from the man's knees. He took the opportunity to run. Federal agent, she hollered, freeing her gun. Kritschkow did not stop. Weapon drawn, she tracked his footsteps through the echoing concrete room until she heard an engine turn over. A squeal bounced off the walls as Kritschkow pulled out of his space and made his escape. Not this time you don't, Scully thought. Running for the stairs, her heart was pounding and she felt lightheaded, but the energy charging through her crackled down to her fingertips. She beat Kritschkow to the exit and ran out to block his path. He stopped. Get out of the car. He didn't move. Now. Hands in the air, he kicked the door open and exited the vehicle. Please don't shoot, he said. I didn't mean to hurt you. I had no choice. Scully bent him over the hood with a hard shove. You're under arrest for theft and assault. If you arrest me, they'll kill me, he said, as she frisked him. Still breathing hard, Scully pulled away. I don't know what you're talking about. The same people who are trying to kill you, he explained. The people who gave you your cancer. It felt a little bit like a betrayal, letting some stranger do the autopsy. But he didn't want to bring Scully in until he was absolutely sure. As the exam went on, it grew harder not to pick up the phone and share his excitement. The body passed test after test. Foreign tissue type, pulmonary and cardio systems intact but clearly not human. The Holy Grail, as Scully called it. He could not wait to show her. Just when he thought he had to tell, his phone rang. Mulder, he said. Mulder, it's me. He grinned at the sound of her voice. Scully, you're not going to believe this. It's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And you know me. That's saying a lot. Where are you? I'm back in D.C. Our trip was successful, Scully. He could not hide his glee. I don't want to say too much over the phone, but I think you should come down here and see for yourself. It's the genuine article this time. She didn't answer right away. Mulder, I need to see you. You will, you will. He broke in before she could say more. I've got Arlinsky here with me, and the body. Scully, the body is incredible. I can't say enough. No, Mulder. I need you to come here. His euphoria evaporated. Are you okay? Are you in the hospital? What's going on? Nothing like that. I'm fine. I have a man here who has a story that I think you need to hear. Mulder looked over at the body on the autopsy bay. Can it wait? I don't think it can. Okay, then, he sighed. I'm on my way. When he opened the door to his apartment, the first thing he noticed was the welt on her cheek. What happened, he asked, crossing quickly to her. Scully, are you all right? He touched her face with gentle fingertips, but she pulled away. I'm fine, Mulder. It's nothing. It doesn't look like nothing to me. Who did this to you? Her eyes slid to the third person in the room, 
and for the first time, Mulder took note of the man sitting in his armchair. It doesn't matter now how it happened, Scully said, touching Mulder's arm. What matters is what this man has to say. And who is this man, Mulder asked, his eyes meeting the strangers from across the room. His name is Michael Kritschkow, and I think you need to hear what he's told me. Mulder didn't move, holding Kritschkow's stare. Scully squeezed his arm. Sit down, she said, and listen. Mulder walked over to his couch and took a seat. Okay, I'm listening, he said somewhat belligerently. Kritschkow leaned forward in his chair. The lie that you believe, that they have cleverly led you to believe, Agent Mulder, is that there is intelligent life other than our own, and we've had contact with these life forms. So, you're saying this is all a hoax? Which you have been used to perpetuate. Mulder's tone was flat, disbelieving. He'd heard all this before. You come by this knowledge, how? Working for the DOD, watching a military industrial complex that operated unbridled and unchecked through the Cold War, created a diversion of attention from itself and its continued misdeeds by confabulating enough believable evidence to convince passionate adepts like yourself that it really could be true. And just by chance, you run into Agent Scully. Kritschkow's lips thinned and he gave a minuscule shake of his head. That's just like you, Agent Mulder. Suspicious of everything, but what you should be. Why come to me now? Why not four years ago? I have a son who is very sick. He served in the Gulf War. When Mulder did not say anything, Kritschkow took a deep breath before continuing. The lies are so deep that the only way to cover them is to create something more incredible. They invented you. The regression hypnosis, the story of your sister's abduction, the lies they fed your father. You wanted to believe. And who could have blamed you? Mulder nearly snorted aloud. He wasn't so naive as to think he was really that important. Besides, he now had solid proof of the very lies this man was selling. The body that was found, he asked meticulously constructed out of biomaterials through the hybridization of differentiated cells, what are called chimeras, frozen into place over the course of a year using sediment and materials that will bear out its age. More lies, he glanced at Scully, but her gaze was focused on the floor. They would have known that the body would have been carbon dated, that it would have been proven a fake. The body will never be tested, Agent Mulder. You were only meant to see it, to make you believe the lie, so that you might finally commit and go public with the information. Mulder looked over at Scully. For this, she had pulled him away from the body. After four years together, he found it hard to believe she would switch alliances so quickly. This man is a liar. You can go see for yourself, Agent Mulder. The body is already long gone. Mulder got up from the couch and grabbed his coat. He left Scully without another word. If you like this story and would like to contribute, you can do so by going to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash audio fanfic pod. As a patron, you are granted early access to one new story of your choosing per month. Thank you for listening. And remember, the stories are out there. <laughs>